7. Now we've done a, a number of small dorpies. We've done Zawa, which is uh, just on the sort of um, uh, close to Maikisfontein in that particular area. We've done Ghanatendal, um, where we found uh, the oldest fire engine out in Ghanatendal. And then we did Albertinia. And strangely enough, Albertinia has got the biggest jersey world record in the Guinness Book of World Record. Um, they've got the biggest jersey in their museum. So we thought, let's go up the West Coast for, for this time. And, uh, you know, we feature... A small dorpy. We feature the things that are interesting, um, you know, and the stories to be heard, and 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 a good time to make a bookmark for your next weekend, long long weekend destination, uh, is to one of the the small dorpies that I love very very much, and uh, I used to fly past there and sometimes even go and visit there, uh, which is Citrus Dull. And if you're heading through towards the sort of Claver area and going up through to Springbok, you'll go past Citrus Dull uh, on your left hand side, um, on your right hand side actually. They've redone that road there and apparently it is a remarkable road uh, to drive on these days. So this morning we are joined by Yolanda Basson and uh, Yolanda Basson helps curate the Citrus Dal Museum. Yolanda, a very, very good morning to you and welcome to the show. Thank you. How long have you been living out in the Citrus Dal area? Were you born there or did you move there? Um, how long have you been there? Yeah, I'm not born in Citrus Dal. I moved here 11 years ago with my ex-husband who accepted a job offer. <laughs> and and um, you, you stayed behind. You just loved the place and you stayed behind. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you live in Citrus Dal? Why, you know, spending 11 years in a claim dorpy where everybody knows everybody else's business, which is <laughs> normally yes. what happens in a claim dorpy. Why have you stayed there for 11 years? Um, I stay because of my own involvement in the community and I believe that uh, you must flourish where you plant it and that you call to make a difference and that um, whatever you can do, whatever you can lay your hands on to try and um, really make it prosper and um, really to reach out to people. So for nine years, I've been involved with the uh, Sunfeld Daisy, which is a uh, which has featured on television as well twice, and it's a little building that belongs to the municipality, and it was restored for in 1983 specifically to be a tourist information office, and then the office moved out, and then the Sunfeld Daisy was like a little deli. And so when I started out there um, with the Sunfelt Heisey on the same premises came our town's museum, which was the first church building in town, and it was built in 1917. So it's a... 102 years old this year. So what I did to really um, combine the two at its best is that um, a third of the space of, of, of the museum, which consists out of um, six cubicles, that museum area, but a third of that space of the whole building, I started a, a, a craft center mm. because basically we get off-cut fabrics in from dressmakers, so we started to make crafts and sell it in the Sunfeld Heisey. And then three years, um, in 2015, <clears throat> I was approached to um, buy an um, a NGO called HAG. It stands for Help Us Grow, uh, to be their coordinator. And HAG has got, a, um, has got the Ubuntu Child Development Center in our um, informal settlement. 
So basically, everything is connected. We work with children that are dropouts from school, that are just too old to go back to school. So they come to the museum, they make draad karre. Oh, which nice. Is, um, actually, something very unique. I've got a group of five boys between the age of nine and 15. So we basically teach these children a craft because they cannot um, go back to school. And then we also have a nutritional um, program in uh, the informal settlement. We, we have a feeding program for children um, that are not in school, but we, we're building good relationships uh, with them as well as their parents and encourage them to send their children to the creche, which is a preparation for school. So you, you've actually got your plate full Completely full in the area. Yes. <laughs> and and yes. it sounds like you're doing totally amazingly. Give us a bit of history of the town Citrus Dahl. When was it established and why was it established? Because normally when I go through Citrus Dahl, it just basically means me stopping off for some oranges, stopping off for some nachis, yes. stopping off for some yes. nice dried fruit and also stopping off for some, some nice honey. And I think that's what a lot of people do is that they sort of go past this um, huge place which has got such a vibrant history uh, you know and can you tell us about that yes um, Citrus Dahl is the gateway to the Sierraberg and in the late 1600s it was discovered actually by accident by Jan Dunker who was sent by the Fiosia to find a Koi chieftain and he realized that it was a very fruitful valley for agriculture and today in the citrus bowl economy mainly focuses on citrus exports um, that we do worldwide but also rebels and buchu are exported from this area mm. and and what is so special about this community because it seems to me you know normally when i chat to people about small dorpies um, the small dorpies seem to be a lot more integrated in terms of its population and there's this fantastic symbiosis between those who have and those who have not and the sharing of everything in this community. So um, tell us a, a little bit about this community. Yes, our community is really very diverse, but it's um, it's mainly a farm community and it's really salt of the earth people that we find here. And there's a lot of goodwill amongst the people, but the main economy of citrus doll, which is the citrus, is, is seasonal. So our season starts, um, uh, like now, at, um, end of April, in going into May, um, and then it ends the end of October. So during our, our season, we get up to 14,000 that they call in Afrikaans uitwerkers, seasonal mm. workers that come into town and not all these uh, workers are accommodated on the farm. So we have a, our informal settlement um, wow. so, and then we get a, lo- a lot of um, Kota speaking people in and um, Sutu spe- uh, uh, people that come in I've got very good relationships um, with some of them and I'm trying to pick up the language because we also employed Koza and city teachers in uh, the in Riverview at the creche where we are because many of these uh, workers that come in, they have children that for nine months of the year won't find education anywhere else. So we enroll them at the creche for that time and then they are taught in their, you know, their home language.
Mm. The, the museum, and I want to bring it back to the Citrus Dal Museum, which you um, mm. are a very big part of, and, and the fact that the, it seems that the museum, the Sunfelt Hazy, and everything around that uh, part of the center of town uh, sort of mm. involves everybody out in the town. We're chatting this morning to Yolanda Basson, and she helps curate the Citrus Dal Museum. And as I just discovered, she does like uh, 10 other things. I think if she had 12 fingers, she would have done 10, she would have done 12 things in, in, in the area. How does this museum get funded? Okay, unfortunately, our museum does not get funded. Um, uh, goodness, how can I say that? That uh, depends on mm. um, your your uh, municipal area. They yeah. decide whether they want to fund it or not. Um, I have, um, you know, explained to them what they do, but in the end, they have a budget and they, they decide on how they're going to apply that budget. But our museum, as I say, was the first church building in town, and it actually started, you know, it was a community hall. A lot of things happened there. The matrix would write the exams there. They would have exhibitions there. But way back then in 1917, when it started out, it was actually a house of prayer. And what is amazing is that our oldest artifact currently in the museum is a prayer book, is a Dutch prayer book. So that is actually very special. So in 1983, when the when the Sunfeld Casey became your local tourism officer, or in, in most small towns, you will find that your information office is near old building. And mm. so the museum was, the artifacts in the museum was donated by people from the community. So it consists of fixed open cubicles with the with displays on how people lived way back then. And and the the problem with Citrus Dal and with a number of other areas is that you always connected like Citrus Dal would be connected to Clan William and further up the road towards Lambert's Bay. Do you sort That's of foster right. foster tourism, you know, when you have the crayfish festival in in in, in Lambert's Bay, do you get the people to sort of stop off first at Citrus Dal? Um yes, and they they also want to you know, want to buy something local. But what is what is very unique about Citrus Dal is our mountain range. I mean, that stretches right up to Plain William, the Cedarburg, and there's wonderful cycling routes in this area. And then also the Bath, which is very popular, the natural hot springs. And it's very popular during winter season. So we do have a lot of tourists that actually come into town um, for that Specifically, to experience nature, to experience um, the you know the hot spring, so and to have some wine and tea tasting. We also have some lovely um, uh, wine farms in the Algeria area, which is just 17 kilometers from um, Citrusdal. So the turnoff is between Citrusdal and Clanwilliam. Mm. I've driven past that board that says Algeria, but I've actually yeah. never gone, never gone through that area. And uh, yeah, Citrus Dal is where I've actually gone into uh, a, a number of times, and it's a, it's an absolutely vibrant town, and especially on a Saturday morning where you, yeah. where you've got everything happening, and everybody seems to be in town at that particular point in time. That's right. Give us the good reasons why Cape Townians should be coming. I heard you talking about uh, fantastic mountain bike trails and things like that. Um, if I'm a Cape Townian, you know, I live in the city all, all the time and I think people are uh, sort of tired of going to the usual spots along the West Coast and the, the, you know, they go to those places every time. 
um, but they don't explore other towns along the coast or other towns just further up north. And I've had the fortune to to, to be very much involved with the Crayfish Festival out in Lambert's Bay, sure. and it's a beautiful community. And I've also been out in, in Citrus Dull. Give us the f- top five reasons or the top three reasons why the Cape Tonians should pack their bags and head to Citrus Dull. Well, I won't say they should head into town because as you people mostly come over weekends and over weekends it's it's the it's the seasonal workers, it's their days. So you will find long queues everywhere in town. At bar, at at the auto tellers and you <laughs> it will be difficult to yeah. find parking, that's a reality. But I think when you come, you should come for the area, not for what is in the town, but for the, the area that surrounds the town. And I think for a breakaway from city life and traffic and that rush, a citrus store has got no robots, number one. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, and you come to experience nature. So I would always advise a tourist to book, um, you know, the, the places that are in town are more for your traveler that just needs to sleep over. But there are beautiful um, campsites and a chalets that's up in the mountains. People can make contact with, with Karin, um, our tourist official, and she can give you a whole list of places, um, you know, where you can stay and just unwind from city life and enjoy the, um, the beautiful stars. That is because the air is so pure. And you really see the stars at night. So it's a really place for unwinding and relaxing. And I would say that's why people should come and also do our, our tea tasting, which is up at Yebron. Yebron and Pikeneerskloof is just opposite each other as you reach the height of the pass just before you come down into town. And you can taste the wine and, 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 and the, and the flavored teas that they offer. Um, so that is unique about this area. There we go, chatting this morning to Yolanda Basson, who helps curate the Citrus Doll Museum and does everything else in Citrus Doll. And there we go, um, a couple of reasons why you should head out to Citrus Doll. And uh, it's about 160 kilometers in the Cedarburg Mountains. You'll get some beautiful citrus farming areas. Uh, there's a natural hot spring that uh, occurs in the area. And a whole lot of other things to see, except, you know, what people normally do, they go to a casino and play at a casino. Now, why would you want to do that? You can actually experience this. And take the kids along, mountain bike trailing, uh, and just go and experience this beautiful area of Citrus Dull, um, uh, just about 160 k's uh, all the way from Cape Town. Yolanda.